0: Hey, it's Sean, and this week on Tipple Theory, we're going to be talking about whiskey and
1: America's favorite whiskey, bourbon. Tipple Theory is the exploration of history and practice of creating alcohol around the world. On this show, we'll share some of the history of how your favorite beverages came to be, as well as techniques professional bartenders use to elevate your poison of choice into an experience worth savoring. Tipple Theory... (laughs)
0: it stops itself well uh welcome my name is sean i'm joined as always with my faithful companion and co-host september Sláinte. sláinte woo! cheers so today we're going to be talking about whiskey And, uh, oh, right. I'll I'll read that little announcement because I normally forget it. Please visit tippletheory.com today to find other episodes and ways to support us because that's always great. And of course, then today we're talking about whiskey and its most popular American cousin or sorry, child, really
1: (laughs) bourbon. But first, September, what have you been up to this week? Oh, you know, making stuff like I do. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to make a, a new wine glass design to put on the shelf over at the coffee shop. So I just, it popped into my head. I was like, Ooh, cause I like glass etching. And I mm. thought I'd do wine glasses and one's going to say comfort and the other's going to say joy. Mm. And I figure people will buy them as a gift set.
0: That's a good idea. I like that. Yeah. What, I
1: what about do? you? What have you been up to?
0: This is a weird week. So it, it's. Uh, I work in the video games. And as such, this is like the low time of the year. Like pretty much all the main releases have come out.
1: Awards are over. Bye.
0: Right. Yeah. (laughs) Peace. Um, And a lot of people like in general, uh, but our company included, like are taking like this week off next week off. Some people taking three or four weeks, Uh, which is fine. Work hard all year. Uh, I'm working like I put in for half days this week. So far, I have not put in. I've been working whole days or three quarters or more. (laughs) Because, like, I still have, like, these little bits of contracts I have to get done. Like, oh, well, I really want this thing to get finished so that we don't have to worry about it next year so that we can charge it on this year's budget because the year isn't over and it'd be great if we can slide that in (laughs) under the finish line. Uh, I also fixed my couch. Uh, That's wonderful. (laughs) I have a sectional couch and, like, there's these pins that hold it together and they have not worked for, like, uh, say nine months uh so i got like these just ridiculous like metal grippy jaws that like hold the hold it together so i had to flip the couch over and attach them and i did that last night and then i wrapped presents and then i shipped them out this morning for my family uh, so instead of going uh, to bed at like 11 which is like i try to make my standard i was at bed at like one or two so it was like i was back working and behind the bar
1: <laughs> <laughs> i also broke my butt Mm. It hurt. I, I, or I, I strained my right glute, I guess, right? I was putting a fresh cut on my Christmas tree. Uh, wait. Uh, doing a what? Putting a fresh cut. So when you get a, a real live tree, yeah, right, and I brought it home, if you put a fresh cut on the trunk oh. so it can get water okay.
0: and stuff. So like kind of just trimming off a little bit of the bottom? Yeah. Like you might do to flowers
1: when you get them from the store? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Cool. So I got it out, the tree on the bench for the picnic table, and I got my chainsaw and I was put boot up and I put that fresh cut on. And then while I was bringing my foot back down, I got caught in the twine that was wrapped around the tree. Oh. And I started to fall. But, you know, I had good reflexes and that I was like, the chainsaw needs to fall far from me. <laughs> and i kind of twisted to toss it aside and so when i went down i had very little injury relative to falling on a chainsaw because i did get the chainsaw away from me but i really strained my butt (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) 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 ah oh my butt it's like you know yeah it'll be fine i mean her he was cracked so what did i expect
0: I'm glad you did not chainsaw your ass. That um, <laughs> as great of a headline as that would be.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, it's got a safety; it wasn't wouldn't be running, but it would still that would still really yeah. suck to fall on the blade, right? Mhm. Mhm.
0: Mhm. Now, now that you mention it, I've never had a fresh tree as an adult, like since moving out of my my parents' house, which I did at like 19. So. Uh,
1: it's kind of a um, big deal, but it, uh, yeah. I try to
0: have it be a big deal here. I almost
1: my, didn't this year, but I couldn't help it.
0: My my Mima, my grandma, who's still alive. Blessings be upon her. Um, sent me a little one that she made, so it's like two feet tall, very very Charlie Brown esque. That like I used that for a couple years, then I bought like one that was like three feet tall, maybe four, shorter than me for sure. And then finally, eight years ago, I bought a pre-lit fake tree that's eight or I'd say about eight feet tall, and I've had that, and it's great because that when I, even when I bought that, I'm like, oh, this is a hundred and twenty-five dollars pre-lit, so I don't have to hang lights, I don't have to do anything, just unbox, fluff the branches. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Merry Christmas. And then plug it in, and you know, you just gonna hang some ornaments, and you're good to go. And then I, so I, I've never bought one, I never thought about it. And I was talking to someone else during Thanksgiving, they're like, oh yeah, we're about to go buy a tree. You know, they're like seven
1: hundred dollars. I was
0: like, <laughs> no. no,
1: no, eat my ass. Right? No, 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 no. Like, and that was like can for maybe be expensive, like... but I've never. What do they get in the tree for the White House? Like, no. I don't know. Um, I, it was. They were fifty tall, like... at my local grocery store. Yeah. I usually get them from small local people sure. but i i, I didn't I, I lost my contact there um but they had them for 50 over at the food lion okay and i was over at the food lion on thursday and i had already gotten like a little cute live one i was like this is all we're doing and the trees were marked down a 9.99 oh
0: okay i'm See like that?
1: okay so for 9.99 i'm getting my real tree um our wedding anniversary is on the solstice and that's when we put our ornaments on because nice. we had people bring them as wedding gifts it's a little tradition and, and I'm loath to give it up. And I, I haven't bought into the, the fake tree thing yet. Um, I mean, I,
0: I like it because I'm not unnecessarily cutting down trees. Uh, f- Fun fact,
1: it's better for the environment. Because for every Christmas tree that's cut, because of the way Christmas tree farms work, like 10 are planted. Are they? Yes. I hope. I hope so. I hope that's. I hope that's what that is.
0: Even though they're little tiny baby trees and not adult trees that are going to the carpet. But that was big farms. Um. I mean, I, I've. I haven't gotten rid of any of my trees. I still use the the tree my grandma gave me. Um, Aww. Because, because well, it's my grandma. She, she still drives. Wow. Maybe she shouldn't, but she still does. Uh, I have a lot of respect for the woman. Um, But, I mean, just even from a financial standpoint, like, I don't have to buy another tree unless this one somehow breaks. So People are probably listening to this around Valentine's Day and we're talking about Christmas. Okay, sorry. So, anyway, that's what happened this Time travel is good. Let's talk about whiskey. Because that, you know what? Whiskey is good for Valentine's Day because it makes the heart grow fonder. (laughs) Or grow fonder. I can't remember which one it is. Um,
1: It warms your heart
0: it warms, the cockles, even the sub cockles. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, so we both did research on whiskey, uh, and what I, I I mentioned this as we were talking about the show. I appreciated that we kind of diverged, uh, because the topic of the show, as as we wrote it, and I forgot we talked about it. You reminded me, but I forgot. Uh, so the, so I was just looking at the topic. And I said whiskey, and then parentheses. Versus bourbon, and it it kind of got me a little bit because I'm like, well, bourbon is whiskey, and you can't do versus if it's the same, you know, part of the same family. Well,
1: people shouldn't do Star Trek versus Star Wars either, and they do. It, I, I didn't mean versus in a controversial or combative right. sense, <laughs> but 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 that was that was my
0: attack. It's like, well, this is how they're different. This is how they're similar. Um, but but you did more more research uh, on kind of the, the history origins, which I. Normally I look into, but I was so fixated on that that that's where my mind went. It was like, well, then what is categorically? What is one, and what is the other? Um, but then I looked at your notes, and I, I had like one comment on the origin. <laughs> but 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 I was I was hoping that you would start, and we also did a little conversation about this earlier about yeah. kind of like distillation versus like when it becomes whiskey. Yeah, that, that was really interesting.
1: Yeah, and it really it distilled that nicely. Huh? Wow, I didn't do that on purpose. Yeah, yeah. so insane. <laughs> um, because I don't think of Scotch as whiskey, even though I mean a lot of times you say Scotch whiskey, but like Scotch to me is its own thing, right? And rye is its own thing, and you know, it, they're not. They're they're all whiskeys. Um, and the origin of whiskey began in uh, around 1,000 to 1,200 AD when distillation migrated from the European mainland over to Scotland and Ireland. There were monks traveling over there like they do to convert everybody or try. Um, but the climate in Scotland and Ireland are so different um, around the monasteries. They didn't have vineyards. And like we've talked about in previous shows, a lot of these spirits initiated with fermenting grapes and then distilling when distilling got to scotland and ireland they had grain they didn't have grapes so they turned to fermenting grain mash and distilling that and whiskey was born Yay. Yay. there was much rejoicing
0: <laughs> there was <laughs> and so and and so so what i, I made a little note in there because that's one of the interesting tidbit i found was that uh i guess they earliest written record of of whiskey being created, uh, produced, at least in Ireland, uh, a period of 1405. So, you know, 600 plus years ago uh, in Mach Noise. And I I, I don't even know if I was going to include that, except I've been there before. I've been to Mach Noise. It is the site of the largest Irish Catholic cross, like one of those, like, normal crosses but has a circle around it and then like all the all the oh numbers, yeah yeah yeah. and it goes down like four sides of this pillar on the bottom it's huge um I have goosebumps <laughs> uh, so, so, and, and in case people haven't listened to other episodes I am my name is Sean I am Irish my family's from Dungarvin. <laughs> and so so someone told me to go to clima noise it was like the last day of when I was in Ireland, uh, this one one time out of many. I've got to get there. beautiful. And of course, this fantastic place has the written record of the first example of, of whiskey, at least nice. in Ireland, but of whiskey. And I, I thought that was so cool. I was a bit of serendipity in researching for this show that, that really
1: got me And then, me it, you know, I married into being a McCready. Uh, my maiden name is Stuart. Stuart. Mm-hmm. Stuart. Stuart. <laughs>
0: oh, so hmm, hmm, well. No, I'll, I'll get to, to maiden names in a bit, but um, my mother's maiden name is, is very, very Irish. Sorry. Well, but do you know what I mean. Uh huh. Uh, so let's see. So, uh, so okay. So whiskey coming to Ireland, Scotland. Oddly enough, not. Did you find? Because I didn't see. I know it went to Ireland, Scotland. Did it just skip over England?
1: well i assume when they say european mainland where it came fr- well that's where distilling I mean, I, came from i guess it's england so, is very close to france there's just And then they channel. say and then what i found was it got to the us through europeans and scots irish migrating to the us mm-hmm. so it must have gone back across <laughs> um to the european mainland and then come into this was really hard to look for i was looking at it while we were in pre-show um but people weren't really keen on documenting like i mean the scots and the irish have a little like no we did it first we did it first going on um so we know what happened in that area and we know they got the process from europeans but as far as people Actually, fermenting grain over in England. I don't know, other than they put an e in it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, there is because there's that differentiation between ky and key. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, sorry, whiskey with not ky is something else. Yeah, uh. <laughs> not yet. Right, <laughs> it's no, after that's after the show. That's a couple whiskeys in. <laughs> Uh, and, and and we promised we wouldn't, but then I went and looked anyway. There are some examples of English whiskey; I, they're just not as prominent. Uh, so sorry for them.
1: Um, <laughs> I mean, why would they? Somebody else is doing it; just go pick it up. Right.
0: Um. So so whiskey, and by the way, whiskey categorically, uh, which is which is what I started to focus on. There's so there's whiskey, and then there's all the little subtypes of whiskey that come below that, but whiskey in general has to be made from a mash so basically that's all the stuff that goes into it that gets heated and then fermented has to be made from a mash that consists of grains specifically it doesn't have to be cereal grain versus wild grain it can be any of those but to be a whiskey it has to be made from grain that is like the big thing but you can have barley corn wheat rye rice Ooh, ooh, because rice is a grain um that's more <laughs> modern times. But yes, so that's... <laughs> that was like... And that, yeah, that was my first big genre-defining moment of of looking all this stuff up was going, okay, that's whiskey. No, it doesn't have to be aged, necessarily. Generally, it is. It's better but that way. <laughs> right, generally. Unless
1: you can make it taste like apple pie, which I've had. And, so uh, So... At that point, like, not aged at all, you're looking at moonshine. Right. And, and that's something I found in my research that I had no idea. I had no idea that there was, like, in the 1700s, uh, there was, they started, you know, like the do, the government's like, we're going to tax this. They found out people really like this whiskey stuff. <laughs> and so they did created this malt tax, or tax, malt tax. And uh, it resulted in the nickname of moonshine being born around all the whiskey distillers starting to hide and do it at night and do it by, you know, moonlight. And that's where the moonshine, I thought, and I live in the South, like I live in NASCAR country right now, and this is like the whole birth of like uh, Moonshiners And that's how NASCAR was born And during Prohibition It was such a big deal And I knew they were hiding in the woods Because you can go find Bits of busted old stills In the Mm -hmm. woods here when you go hiking sometimes There are tours you can take (laughs) And I've Never Heard moonshine used for Anything else than that clear Distilled from whatever the hell mash you could make moonshine bootleg stuff. But apparently the term was, uh, originated in like 1725 over in uh, Ireland when they first started trying to tax it. And that's,
0: that's funny. Cause I didn't know about the taxing. I knew moon, moonshiners or shiners
1: shiners. Yeah.
0: Like we're making it at night because it was illegal to do so. Of course it makes sense that it was illegal because people were, ta- government was taxing it. Um, and it was, what, was it, what were we talking about last, last time? Gin. Gin was the same damn thing. It, we know That's gin a became gin. a thing because there was records of it being taxed because it went from medicinal to recreational.
1: The mm-hmm. government's like, you know, what we should do is make money on this. Yeah. And it wasn't even prohibited. It was just straight up tax avoidance right. when they did it over there. <laughs> <Right>?
0: <laughs> of course. Since we're always, always, not we're, as humans, always trying to avoid taxes. Uh,
1: I'm proud to pay taxes. I appreciate, I you know, roads and signs and lights and things that keep my neighbors from killing me because they think they should just be first all the time. But mm. and, and not to digress, but <laughs>
0: this was my first year having um, a, a, a medical flex spending account. Mm-hmm. It's going back to things that I did this week, so I I had to spend because you know because my taxes get taken out and it's nice having all these things that happen automatically versus like trying to claim all of my credit card tips and all of my cash tips. I'm using air quotes for anyone listening to the show. <clears throat> I didn't, I didn't at all. Anyway, um, <laughs> so like, but I have like a my medical flex spending account. They're like, hey, you have three hundred and sixty dollars. I was like, oh, what do I do with that? It's like, well, you lose it, and I'm like, oh. So then I have to like Google what to do with it. Like Amazon actually has a whole list of stuff. Oh yeah, Stock and there's a up. store. So I'm like, oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna get a med kit. I got a med kit. I got <laughs> first aid kits in the car, in the house. Yeah, I got like yeah. these therapeutic like floor cushions that you sit on. I do yoga and stuff, and I actually sit around my coffee table a lot. So like it actually raised my butt up to the level of making my coffee table a dining table. I'm like perfect. Oh,
1: hell. I don't use mine. I've got HSA now, a different kind. But I can't believe you said that. And I was like, I just bought some stuff, my physical therapy. I I bought, I'm in physical therapy and I bought like 30, like 50 bucks worth of stuff last week. I could have used my HSA card for. Hmm. Oh, well. I bought the XR or HR. So if you've
0: ever seen a chirp wheel, it's like this wheel you use to kind of roll your back. And there's like a smooth one with a little channel for your spine. I've had that for three or four years. They're great. Uh, they make like an intense therapeutic one that has like these like ridges and and, and round knots of different sizes to kind of simulate shiatsu massage. Uh, and then like a, a, like a, this tiny neck one that like hits your uh, suboccipital lobe points to help relieve because I get I get migraines. Terribly, I just got tennis balls, but for uh, that, but okay. But no, it's. I mean, cool. I don't know what I'm gonna spend it on next year, but it's phenomenal. So anyway, whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> so the moonshiners, avoiding taxes, we you know what they made whiskey with. But there is, a, especially from the 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 American North American USA types of whiskey uh because even when you say american america also means canada and mexico and south america um so when when we start to kind of distill it down (laughs) into the american tradition there are a lot of standards and laws that that kind of that define things um (laughs) I made so many notes about this.
1: It's a lot, <laughs> it's and a lot. Uh, for for the common, you know, what people think they know, and what I thought I knew, um, and was wrong. And you can school us. Uh, people think uh, bourbon had to be made in a certain area, like in Kentucky and Tennessee. Whiskey being made in Tennessee, but there's more to that. There's a process. Like, uh, there's stuff we're gonna learn about. I learned in this. Uh, by the end of the show, we'll talk about this whole a specific county's process that now it makes sense because I have had Tennessee whiskey, um why it is that way. But I really thought it was kind of like champagne, like it had to be from a region to be called these things. And I swore it used to be that way. So I don't know if that changed or if just. These notes you have and and what you're gonna explain, is that the way it's always been? So it's yes
0: and no. Okay so so uh, when you get into Tennessee or Kentucky, which are like the two big whiskey states, uh, they they do have their own domain of origin if we're gonna go European on this. <clears throat> but so to be a a Kentucky bourbon has to be made in Kentucky, Kentucky uh, fermented, bottled, stored. Or sorry, well aged for at least one year, uh, and then Tennessee, same idea, uh, to be a, and bur- well, Okay, I'll get to the other parts. But also has to be from Tennessee, and then has has its own little rites and rituals and traditions. But to just be a bourbon, you can have it made anywhere in the U.S. as long as it's in the within the fifty states. I almost said continuous, so that's forty-eight. Uh, but Any of the states, I can can do it to be made a bourbon. So it's kind of like the the idea of. Um, Genever, like when we talked about gin or champagne from that one region in France, but really it's, it's, it's a locality definition,
1: but well, and bourbon, even though it's named after a French thing, all bourbon is U.S. made, right? Yes. Yeah. No, it has to be made in the U.S.
0: to be a bourbon (laughs) specifically. Okay. Uh, and I thought it was you know, I'll mention it now. So um, Canadian whiskey, which is generally uh, looked less favorably upon than bourbon. I think, at least in the circles I've traveled in, maybe other people like Canadian whiskey more. Uh, My experience
1: with it makes me look less favorably upon it, but I was young.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, because what you have, like like Black Velvet, Canadian Club, and Crown Royal are the only ones I can really think of. I'm sure, I'm positive there's more, but... There's a minimum standard for aging Canadian whiskey, and it's three years, which versus bourbon is two. Uh, also, uh, generally, Canadian whiskey is blended. Um, not that American bourbons can be, actually. Uh, but uh, they they generally have a higher percentage of corn. So besides the aging and the blending allowances, there's usually more corn, which lends it to have a sweeter taste. Corn has a lot of sugar in it. So... I think that's kind of why Canadian whiskey might get looked down upon, even though Americans have, versus the rest of the world, a huge sweet tooth. A lot of times, whiskey connoisseurs will look at Canadian whiskey and like, oh, it's just sweet and smooth and blah, blah, blah. And everyone else is going, yeah, it's sweet and smooth. You you know we make this in maple syrup, right? Like, <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
0: we like our whiskey like we like our... our it hurts less, kind of at of least
1: nice. on the front end.
0: Right. right, on the every other end. Not great. Don't put whiskey on your ends, kids.
1: <laughs> I mean, I just kind of meant the next day, but
0: uh, yes. Uh, so <laughs> back to American whiskey. As defined in the United States, there is a code for this. Straight bourbon whiskey is distilled can be distilled in any of the 50 states has to have at least 51% corn in its mash can have other grains, but it has to be at least 51% corn to be a bourbon. It can be distilled at no more than 160 proof. So if you start distilling past that, besides the legal ramifications of saying they stopped at 160, going above that, you can start to lose some of the flavors of your initial mash. So it has to be distilled at 160 proof. uh, And then aged in new charred American oak barrels. So they make the barrel. Char the inside insides so it has this nice black looking to it, uh, and then it has to be aged. Uh, to be a straight bourbon, it has to be aged for at least two years, but not more than four, <laughs> and then bottled at a proof of between eighty and one hundred and twenty-five. Why this not there, more a lot of than details. like
1: the bottling the, or the proof?
0: Uh, the distilling,
1: the um, barreling, the aging.
0: You know, I'm I'm actually not sure for that part. I couldn't find a citation as to why it could be distilled at one point, but then it has to be diluted down to one twenty-five.
1: Yeah, hmm. my
0: guess would have to be something to do with the aging process, um, more so than uh, some theoretical thing. But saying like, well, first of all, you get more volume when you bottle it that way, so you can actually get more things getting more flavor over time, or more volume.
1: And more but, ABV, so... Right. Yeah. Oh, that's what you meant by volume. Yes. Okay, yeah. That's okay. It, um, volume and alcohol by volume are different things.
0: <laughs> this. Okay, yes. Yes, I'm not even... Okay, why am I... No, factually, yes, you, you are... You
1: Just are, so everyone uh, knows what we're talking about.
0: Alcohol by volume is like concentration.
1: I didn't know it had to be a new charred barrel, actually. I, oh, yes. Mm-hmm. I thought you could use barrels and so that's a nifty new fact of the day and, and you... now i know why it's so easy for my brewer friends to get these barrels
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah and it's 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 weird because there's not maybe not even weird but a lot of uh u.s bourbon or u.s whiskey barrels are exported to other countries for use in aging a lot of scotch actually will use used american oak barrels
1: interesting
0: <gasps> yeah and then and then other countries will use it other countries will use it but also as alcohol regulation has eased up over the last 20 years in the. US that's why as you said like it's really easy for other distilleries to get used jim bean barrels let's say or other breweries to start making um, oh gosh like bourbon ales oh. yeah <laughs> have you ever wanted your beer to taste like bourbon <laughs> no but but also yes. I will. And I remember, the first time I had one, they gave me this little six-ounce tulip glass, and it was fifteen dollars. And I had three. Oops! And I had to get a ride home.
1: Yep. <laughs> because
0: I was like, God oh, damn, this beer is this beer is spicy.
1: <laughs> yeah, that it was.
0: It was too much. That'll happen.
1: Always check it. your ABV. I did not. <laughs> and yeah. adjust your drinks per hour uh, <sighs> accordingly is my advice for uh, our craft lovers out there. I definitely had that happen. Yeah. They serve it in a tulip, um, at least Almost in most states. It it, means... it, it's probably like over 12%. Yeah. So just drink it like you're drinking wine, not like you're having a beer.
0: Right. It's probably and that was double what you're used to at least. Is The first one came out in a pint glass. My, my, my memory is foggy <laughs> enough at this point. But the first one came out in a pint glass, so I was like, ah, oh, Delicious. And then like it was like a shift change between servers. So, like, so the other two came out in short glass, and I was like, oh, no. And then I was like squinting at the board, the chalkboard that <laughs> always has the beers on it. Yeah. I'm, Does that say 18? Oh, no. Yep. <laughs> it's going to be a good day, Tater.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. There are a lot of reasons to serve different things in different glasses. If they serve you a beer and a little one, that's the reason. Yeah, Foothills mm. Brewery makes uh, People's Porter, one of my favorite porters, and they have a barrel-aged version. Oh. Mm. To me, porter is like the best thing to barrel-age, but I digress.
0: Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, well, yeah, that's, <laughs> this that's isn't another the beer show. show. <laughs> there will be a beer show, though. There will be a beer show. Back back to your bourbon show. see we already talked about the fifty states. We talked about the uh, the kind of general mash and proofing uh, stuff you can't put in it. Right? right oh that was so this was this is a part that I that I, I took a while to dig into and the American regulation for bourbon and blending is semi amorphous being that you know a lot of times we're like oh it's when you when you say like a straight whiskey or a straight bourbon there's different con- uh, 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 meanings behind what that can be so I can take uh, uh, if I'm a distiller, I can take a bourbon from Kentucky, I can put bourbon from Virginia, from Utah. If they're all the same age, and as long as they're other, they fit the other qualifications of a bourbon, I can blend them and still call them a straight bourbon. So it, <laughs> I, I, I didn't know that because I'm I'm used to like like
1: single barrel, small batch, right? Bullshit. That's not the same thing as a single malt, right? And, and
0: it's so like, again, if you're hitting the definition of 51% corn and we aged it for at least two years, well, then it's a straight bourbon. Uh, Now, if you blend it with a bourbon that was one year old, then you have to call it a blended bourbon. You can't call it a straight bourbon. Hmm. Uh, This is also like, like this comes into like bottom shelf knowledge. If you're at the liquor store and you're like looking at the bottle, like, well, it's squared and it's got a black and white label like Jack Daniels. Yeah, but you really have to start reading into what the label says, or, or even higher end stuff. They might be good, but they might not be what you think you're getting. So, the the blending, and the and the 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 criteria meeting meeting the criteria or not of labels, gets uh, really really interesting. Um, so straight bourbon uh has to be between 2 and 4 years old. After 4 years old, it's considered bottled in bond. Uh, and bond. And usually at that point, you don't keep labeling the age. If you're under that, you can you, you want to say aged 2, aged 3 years. Uh, that's usually going to be on the label. After that, you just say bottled and bond, which I didn't know either. Uh, <laughs> you can add, in this process of labeling and just uh, qualifying all these things, you can add water, to reduce the proof down to a minimum of eighty, but you may not add any coloring or flavoring or other blended materials to be either straight bourbon or bottled and bond. That's another thing to note. If it's not labeled one of those things, again you're getting buying a cheaper whiskey, that means you can label it a blended bourbon or an American whiskey, which means it could have coloring, artificial flavoring, or just moonshine or everclear added to it. Anything else that could qualify it as that because Everclear is usually made from corn or grain other American grain, so it's technically a whiskey. You could be getting a lot of crud in your whiskeys. So it's it's really, really <laughs> point being, it's really important to know what those little words on the label are saying. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, my next note. If it's aged less than four years, its age must be placed on the label. Uh, bottled and bond or bonded, also the same thing, means it's been aged at least four years. Oh, yeah, that's right, and it has to has to be bottled at one hundred proof specifically. That's it can't tricky. be one hundred and ten. Yeah, no, it is. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's why. Really tricky. you're checking that's... that barrel a lot, like. Yeah, you have to have your uh, hygrometer in there. You have yeah, to, have to have your distilled or or straight from the fountain Fiji source water. and you gotta be you gotta get really on the line about that straight bourbon cannot oh that's right cannot well I think I mentioned this before it cannot come off the still at a concentration higher than 160 proof yeah and that's specific for straight or then going up from there the bottled and bond or the older whiskeys cannot 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 bourbon may be blended as long as it still maintains its mash ratio 51% and that portion uh, can be blended with other bourbons at the same mash furthermore Kentucky bourbon. Now, this is going down in Kentucky and Tennessee. So this is all American bourbons. That's where we been kind of going. So this is anywhere. Now we, in get, now we get down to the like. It's from here, Kentucky, <laughs> where they take their pride. <laughs> right, because we're from here, and that's the way we do it. That's the way we've always done it. That's the way my pappy did it. My pappy's pappy, and my pappy's 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 pappy's. and my pappy's pappy, Van Winkle. Uh huh. <laughs> so Kentucky bourbon must be cooked, which is basically just when you take your grain. And then add heat and water to it, so it gets all the sugars coming out of the out of the pods, so to speak. Cooked, fermented, and aged in Kentucky for at least one year. Tennessee whiskey. Same, uh, basically the same thing. Must be made in the state. Undergo the Lincoln County process, which is an official <laughs> name for the regulation. Which is the whiskey has to uh, can be uh, has to be filtered through charcoal that is made from sugar maple which helps mellow with the flavor and remove impurities and then gone through the other
1: standards. So there's some neat stuff, stuff in there. I, I, I do know, and I will, uh, now you get through all that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't know it was called the Lincoln County process. I did, however, watch a documentary on, uh, or uh, YouTube. I don't know from Jack Daniels a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Because they have, they use this process. I like Jack Daniels. Mm -hmm. Not, I don't like to mix it, but if somebody wants to buy me just a shot and the bar, I mean, really good whiskeys, I don't want to take a shot of, I want to sip it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that median, I don't like to do shots of what gin or vodka or, you know, just no. I mean, picklebacks, that's a different thing. We'll talk about tequila another show, but I'll have a shot of Jack. And it is, smooth it's not it doesn't hit me like (coughs) like rough it's kind of my go-to shot and jack daniels uses this process and it's really neat to watch people can find this online and they make the charcoal themselves yeah uh, which is its own really nifty process uh to watch so that explains why this smooth Tennessee whiskey it is just a little bit smoother than other whiskeys and bourbons and and the shot will go down a little smoother because it's got this charcoal filter um smooth it's Tennessee whiskey exactly
0: uh, You're a sweet so strawberry wine. wine did you say you take picklebacks with tequila yes i've i've only ever known picklebacks as with whiskey
1: so, wow, okay. Right? I, I'm as confused as you are. I think they call that something else here. <laughs> like, because it's hard odd. to I... say for me because it's a little racist, and with whiskey it wouldn't be. Oh, Because oh. the back thing... Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I hear you. Get it? Um, All right.
0: Terrified, but I hear you.
1: Yeah, that's... Um. So, the other thing uh. is... Uh, about reading question. the label and learning what all these terms mean that we mm. went through where straight yeah. bourbon and whether they have to put age on or not giving you a clue and whatever. And it's very well could be blended unless it says a specific thing. It might have crap added to it. Um, making friends in the UK, I found that here, if I go to the ABC store, and I'm going to get a bottle of Jim beam, which I like, I was brought up using their black label for Manhattan's. Um, I go to get it and then you got the Evan Williams sitting there and the label looks so like, Oh, they're copying, they're knocking off. I didn't know then I'm watching my uh, streamer friend playing Hearthstone in London and he's got Evan Williams and he's, you know, being all posh about it. And, over there, that's the top shelf good stuff. And the Jim Beam is looked down upon as the inferior product. So, yeah, that's all marketing and/or <laughs> nostalgia. And but the pricing was like flip-flopped. So, it's worth knowing these terms and mm-hmm. worth getting a taste and deciding for yourself in a bar with a bartender you trust.
0: Yes, and that's actually coming. That comes back also to taxing. Coming back to the, the moonshine history a bit, uh, imported things, especially alcohols and and regional, uh, regionally bound liquor, i.e., bourbon, tend to get taxed higher when they're exported. And that's same. That's the same for the U.S. So, if you want to talk about Irish whiskey, you talk to someone from Ireland. They're like, oh, we only send you the the dregs we yeah. send you the worst bits uh and I, I mean i like i like jameson at the same time like jameson is there evan williams <laughs> like yeah i mean it's okay if you're trying to get drunk my friend knowledge. claire
1: loves the jameson yeah she lives Everybody in wants. ireland i don't so much i'll hold um, mine up to the screen or to the but yeah you're, you're right maybe the video version of this it could be that the different distilleries are watering it down for export. One is, one isn't. And so maybe it is just better over there. Right. But yeah, I mean, if you go to a liquor store
0: in Ireland, there's, it's, it's like looking at American bourbon in a section here in America. There's just, there's so many. You're like, I didn't even know all these whiskeys existed. (laughs) And like, I found one that I liked while I was out there. It's called Tyrconnel. And it's like every once in a while, I find it in a bar here in America. And usually when I do, um, there's not much left when I'm done. Because uh, I'll have a few for myself, and then if I'm talking to someone that I like, you'll be like, you have to try some <laughs> of this, I'll buy you a shot. And then, you know, five people later, the bottle's gone. And they're like, we've had that
1: bottle for 12 years. I'm like, well,
0: I'm glad I found it. And then... I, yeah, I,
1: I like, once ordered a Glenfiddich locally, and it was icky. Like, stuff had grown in it somehow. Yee they had had it how yeah. long before that can happen.
0: So, yeah, that's, and that's something to be careful of just in general. If you're at a bar and you see like the little, um, the poor spouts, if they don't, if you don't see them, especially if it's a bar you're like regularly go to, if you see them closing up at night, if they don't put nipples on it, cups on top or switch out mm-hmm. the poor spouts, uh, be careful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, uh, yeah, I've also seen that. Uh, I love at least for working, to prevent that during the summer, like you can get pour spouts that have strainer spouts on them. Phenomenal. Now, granted, you have to wash off the outside of it, but at least you don't get bugs like fermenting like a worm or pickling like a worm at the bottom of your mezcal. Uh, <laughs> so I, uh, uh, oh no, that oh shoot, that reminded me of another uh, whiskey fact, and I and I forgot it. But that's uh, good. Looking at our at our things and our stuff. Our research <laughs> we have done, uh, whiskey has become, I mean, it, it not even become it is a ubiquitous spirit in the U.S. And, and one of the things that I, I've loved seeing change over time is is people that are that are just so much whiskey heads and bourbon heads, and like you know you go into these bars and every bar at least for a while, especially in the like 2008 to 2000 now. Um, I don't know if that's a real timeline, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, 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 like bars just being formed around the. It's just a whiskey bar. We just do whiskey. We do whiskey and snacks. Yeah, yeah. It's tapas, except now
1: we're not doing wine. <laughs> You're getting fucked up.
0: Uh, <laughs> but, and then people. I, but I. Have or they're
1: specializing like, in very, very, you know, good cocktails. Like that can happen. There's a whiskey bar uh, and burger place in uh, Charlotte that I like. That's good for that. Bourbon and Burgs. Uh, Cowbell. <laughs> it's called Cowbell. Even
0: even more. Uh, just meta No, that's that's social referential. It's it's Burger a it's and a Whiskey Bar. bar. Really. It's
1: on Tryon Street. It's amazing. <laughs> you can get like a Elvis Burger, or whatever uh, they've got. Videos uh, playing uh, uh, with like old MTV. Like you're gonna get some Bowie. You're gonna get you know Led Zeppelin. You're gonna get Kiss playing and. They That's all, the cool. servers all have like more cowbell shirts with the graphic <laughs> from the Saturday Night Live skit. And uh, it's, it's a, also a whiskey bar and I've had some top notch craft cocktails in there. Cool. So
0: anyway, so that, that was the one thing I wanted to bring up is how many cocktails now is, with bourbon being even more and more popular. Uh, people will be like, Hey, can I get a margarita? But with bourbon, i be like, Okay, I mean, a whiskey sour is a things, and you're basically asking for a slightly more varied citrus whiskey sour-ish. Not a traditional sour, but a, you know,
1: So what sugar. whiskey would you use for that? I feel like I'd want to use a rye.
0: Yeah, a rye would make sense, a high rye bourbon, or a cheap bourbon. Uh, this is going <laughs> back to, like, uh, Jim Beam is one of my favorite mixing bourbons if, it, if we're going cheap where we're going super sweet, because it's it's got enough of that bourbon quality to it, uh, but it's not expensive. Um, so like if I if someone says like can I get a whiskey Coke, Jim Beam is my go to. It mixes super well with Coke. It's terrible by itself, personally. Um, but I think it's a great mixing whiskey. Uh, if someone were like, well wow, I want a nice whiskey with that, um, I can't remember who owns nineteen oh three. It's it is the it's the same distillery that owns Pappy, and they used to make our bar buy, like, five cases of that before we could get the opportunity to buy a bottle of Pappy to have behind the bar. Um, and it makes sense, because it's not a very good whiskey. Um, no offense to them or whatever. I don't know if it is their mash or it's just... Obviously, they're making people buy it to get the good one, um, so even they know what people think of it. So I would use that one comes in a fancy bottle, a little gold topper, stopper to it. Um, What else would I use? Literally, like, closing my eyes and looking into my brain. (laughs) Um, Besides a high rye, yeah, I wouldn't want to use anything, I mean, I'm, even buffalo, buffalo is actually too weak, uh, flavor-wise, like, it wouldn't stand out against the sweet and the citrus. Buffalo? What do you mean? Buffalo Trace, sorry. Oh,
1: okay. My bad. (laughs) Stop you, with the shorthand. We're teaching people things. Right. Well, that's why you're here. You're like, what? The f- are you? talking I'm from about? Buffalo. I hear Buffalo. I'm like, uh, Buffalo. You mean black squirrel? Oh wait, they don't make that anymore. So,
0: is, that's what else would I use? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want to use a whole lot. There's a few. Um, actually, it was the whiskey bottle I held up earlier. Like my favorite, like cheap, <laughs> cheap Jägermeister whiskey. Uh, Old Bardstown. Uh, and and they make older aged whiskeys um it comes from the willet distillery so it's their cheap but good stuff uh, and that's like 20 bucks a bottle uh, i would i would use that that's a fine one to do it with um and it's funny i one of my college friends that i see like once every two years we were chatting about whiskeys and he's like, "Oh yeah, well he's up in Pennsylvania, so it's state store only. So you have to go to a state store run by the state government to get alcohol. That's the law. It's like that here too. He uh, <laughs> they have lotteries for the like the higher end, rarer stuff to get to buy them. And there's um, I said Blantons. Blantons is the grenade shaped bottle with a horse on top, and mm-hmm. they these little metal horses." There's, there's always a little circle by one of the horse's feet, and there's a B and L and A and S Spells out the name, Latins. And each for each one, the horse is in a different pose of it running. So then the idea is, besides being high-end, besides being hard to get, there's also this whole thing of collecting them. And if you actually collect all of them, you can send them off, they'll make a nice case for you. It's ridiculous. So is this a big deal? Is this a Kentucky bourbon? I believe it is Kentucky, yes.
1: Original single. That wouldn't make peril, sense because the, the of the Kentucky Derby. Yeah. And,
0: yeah. Um, it's fine. <laughs> but he, being a person who makes games and a person, we lived together in college, so very much a gamer. He gamed the system. So, because it's a lottery. So, you have to be a resident. There's no age limit for the lottery. So, his daughter, he was like five or six is in the lottery. Oh, His wife is okay. in the lottery. His whole family, anyone that lives there that has a name and an address, he's like, all right, you're all in the lottery. So when he has parties, he's like, oh yeah, yeah, Hope, open the Blattens, have fun. The people are like, are you sure? He's like, I've got eight bottles. We're good. <laughs> right. Well then. Mm-hmm. And so, so and that, that is to say, and to use the example of, the rarity doesn't always indicate its quality. Or it's drinkability. Uh, You can buy a cheap whiskey and it can be good. You can buy an expensive whiskey and it can be bad. And it's partly just your experience and when you find it and and whether or not it's having its moment in media. Um, I use the same example for Eagle Rare, which is now like considered a high-end whiskey and it's hard to get blah, blah, blah. I used to buy that as that was my party gift. If I was going to a party, I would buy it because it was $18 a bottle. It was always in stock, and it was a decent whiskey. It was nice, easy drinking, especially for the price. And I, you know, and if I'd go and I, I would drink some because that's what I like to drink. And I'd leave it, leave it at the house. And they're like, "Are you sure you don't want to take it?" I'm like, no, it's fine. But it's good. Like, Again, yeah, it's good. It's also cheap. I'll buy another. No worries. <laughs> but now i go to a store, and there's just an empty shelf and a little sticker that says, "Sorry, we're sold out," and it says Eagle Rare below it. I'm like, man. <laughs> People find it a good thing and make it hard to get. (sighs) Weller's the same way. Weller's now is super hard to find. So, Anyway, I digress. That's how things are being made and done currently. Ooh, Japanese whiskey. I wanted to mention that that also before we... So so (laughs) Japanese whiskey is like, that's kind of like the new hotness. That's the new, ah, we're making whiskey out here. Because they consume a ton of whiskey. So they started making it. And rice is a grain, so bam. They can make whiskey, but it is so new and has exploded so much. I want to say between twenty sixteen and twenty twenty, in that four year range, or okay. roughly give or take plus or minus a year, they went from basically they quadrupled. Is that f- quintupled? In, val, in like in fives? Okay. Quintupled. Yes, I'm like pentagon, but it's not pentupled. <laughs> <laughs> Damn you, Glenmorangie! Hold on. Jesus, oh, mm. delicious. Um, but so they quintupled in their exports of the whiskey they make, and Japan's not a huge country. It's you know, it's...
1: it's a really big population density, though.
0: Right, they're very dense. Um,
1: <laughs> hey, hey, you.
0: that's not what I, I would love to go to Japan. If anyone ever me, wants too. To me. Um, so. They, there was actually just in the last couple of years, just the last couple of years, that they've started making their own regulations. So the stuff that we've been talking about where, you know, bourbon has to be 51% mash and it has to be aged here and it has to be done there. This is all stuff we're talking 1880s, 1870s laws. Uh, there was like the most recent one was in 1960, I want to say, uh, so, which is relatively recent in the scope of history. But, they're, I mean, they're, we're talking a couple years out and they're still making their own history and their own standards for how whiskeys go and how they should be made. And the fact that they have to be made in Japan and fermented in Japan, which is, you know, in 2020, they didn't have that. So, and even now, so they're setting these standards and they're being brought about, I can't remember their kind of council or board of whiskey distillers. Not every distiller in Japan is a member of that board. So even though they're adopting these standards... They're not actually, not everyone is actually playing by those rules yet. So there's this, there's a lot of this kind of sub-label, I'm not going to say underground because they can still export and sell legally, but there's still a lot of different differentiation in in what you can get out of there. And so that's where checking the label is super important is whether or not they're a member uh, of their, it's not their union, but their standards board. Is that, and that's really important to check, because if you're not, you could actually you could actually have not been a distillery in Japan literally labeling whiskey as Japanese whiskey and selling it, even though it had nothing to do with Japan other than the name you throw in the bottle.
1: So what are they making it out of? Like uh, you mentioned, we didn't talk much about that more recently people are... Uh, counting rice as a grain you can make whiskey out of Uh, like corn is predominant. We know rye is rye. You know, barley is a big deal. Uh, Things that we're normally used to hearing being malted and made into whiskey. And you can do that with rice. There's a lot of fermented and distilled both rice products around the world. And we could probably do a whole episode on those. Uh, are the Japanese ones part of this category where that's what they're using, or are these just kind of like our American whiskeys in, so, in the grains they're using? So, so it has to be grains.
0: Has to be malted grains. Um, I'm sorry, they may use malted grains, but they can use right. other stuff besides malted grains. So not just malt. Um, but it has to be made in made in. Well, this is the standards that some, but not all, people have adopted. That they're
1: working on, right?
0: Uh, must be extracted in Japan, so basically made in Japan. The fermentation distillation, distillation done in Japan must be matured in wooden casks, but no necessarily. <laughs> well, it's not going to be American, American,
1: American
0: oak. <laughs> they, I mean, they could buy. Yeah, once, but it'd be prohibitively.
1: No, because it has uh, to be new.
0: If for us, it has to be new. For us, they, they could theoretically you, you oh. can re, so you could rechar a barrel. That's yeah, the yeah. Thing is, is you can try it, scrape it, and rechar it. That's totally to me. That's totally valid. I, I think it should be. Uh, there's a minimum aging of three years. It's so kind of like Canadian whiskey, uh, which should result in something a bit smoother. Uh, same same standard for bottling uh, proof. It has to be at least eighty proof or forty percent. One difference that I thought was interesting is that uh, plain or, or caramel coloring can be used to color it. So even though it's aged for three years, which is where you normally get your color into your whiskey, because uh, American whiskeys, bourbons, you can't do that normally. For them, uh, it's totally fine to color it to spec or to, to whatever it is you want. And Those are the main uh, things, except for uh, rice whiskey, which has being the other one. Uh, even though it's considered a cereal grain, uh, it's also close to uh, uh, sochu, if I'm pronouncing that mm-hmm. correctly, uh, which still falls in a different category.
1: Neat, yeah. So, and, I, and so I've there's, found there's some arguments as, well as whether or not that's. Yeah, other whiskey. information that they have been brewing there for a long time, but mostly it was blended. But yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on there. But I did the most interest, interesting thing I found. Uh, looking quickly is that uh, along with water sources, which are something here, like if you go to any uh, brand site, like the, the horsey people you were talking about from Kentucky, like it's, this what, our water comes from here and it has these minerals uh, in Japan. They do age it uh, sometimes in barrels uh, using types of wood that are only found in Japan, which is oh, so, that's... yeah, like, Ooh, I'm interested in that (laughs) because that's got to make like the biggest difference. Like that's a bit, that's the difference between moonshine and whiskey. Right. Primarily is that barrel aging. Yeah. It's where you're getting your flavor and your color. Hopefully (laughs) (laughs) instead of out of a bottle of caramel Uh,
0: color. I mean, I, I used to serve one guy that he wanted just the cheapest whiskey. And it came out of a bottle that kind of looked reminiscent of a Jack bottle. It totally was not. I mean, I remember dropping a bottle. I broke one on accident in the back one time. And like, all I could smell was vanilla. I'm mm, like, that's not natural. <laughs> they should have to name it just brown. Right? It's honestly, it was. It <laughs> what do you want to drink? Been... Something
1: brown. <laughs> there are those barflies you've probably seen. totally drink it brown. Mine was going a separate direction. I'm the worst co-host. I'm constantly distracting and right. How dare racking you racking up my host? <laughs> You're harder okay. to embarrass I'll, than the I'll, other Sean. I'll take like... a tall Idris Elba. <laughs> You just try to top the mm-hmm. filth, Sean White, yes. like Cyrodex at Part-Time Gamers. He just he blushes. He's so cute. He doesn't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Honestly, most of that was me trying to remember. Like, what was Idris Elba's name? Yes, Taldric Brown. <laughs> I was going to take it taken out of context at some point. I'm sure. I'm sure. Probably. Uh, but now, of course, also, do you ever watch? Uh, you know what? Never mind. I'm I'm, I'm digressing now. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. We have a tiny now. Hit an hour facts. We are we are hitting an hour. So let's 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 wrap it up. Fun facts. Do you have any fun facts that we didn't couldn't categorically
1: fit in that you thought were cool? or fun, or factual? Well, I mean, I already mentioned it was exciting that the, the whole, that moonshine was just what, that it originated with whiskey want, production, not just this thing? clear stuff. Huh? Do you want to throw in NASCAR? Why? I already knew that. But that NASCAR we, we, we
0: didn't mention it.
1: Originated with running booze Ill- illegally? I did mention it.
0: Well, no, you just said NASCAR. You didn't actually say why why NASCAR. Oh, okay, yeah.
1: Like the whole NASCAR stock car racing, and um, that's, you know, it's in the acronym. It's supposed to be stock cars. We can argue about whether or not they're actually (laughs) keeping to that standard. But it was like you would soup up your car uh, because you need to maybe run from the police when you were illegally running your moonshine to different parts of the country because they were rampantly distilling moonshine here. So, uh, yeah, I knew all that stuff about moonshine. I've had wonderful, like, tastes from moonshineries because it's fancy now uh, at the NASCAR Hall of Fame during the democratic national convention. That was cool. Uh, but I did not know that the whole term started at a completely different country when they were illegally run it just to avoid taxes. Right. Cause we're cool like that. Yeah. And I didn't know about the Lincoln County process. Like I knew about it. I didn't know that's what it was called. I, I feel like Jack Daniels, uh, thing I did watch was so, pushing that look we make our own charcoal being cool that they neglected to mention that like they had this process named after this county because eh, anything that's a kentucky bourbon or no a tennessee whiskey Mm -hmm. uh is using that process right so they don't want people googling (laughs) the lincoln county process because it's going to pop up all those other brands What about you?
0: What did you learn? (laughs) I actually saw along that. I think I was on the the Kentucky Distillers website and uh, I was just reading through their facts because I'm like, oh, fun facts. I didn't know that'll be easy. I'll go through here. Um, But they had obviously they have a newer or at least a looser marketing person. Because there was like the question was like, wait, I thought all all whiskey or all bourbon had to be made in Kentucky. The answer was. No, but we're happy you think of it that way. <laughs> like, yeah. Because uh, as we started the show with, a lot of people think oh, it has to be either from Tennessee or Kentucky or or, or Bourbon County or something yeah. like that, right?
1: I no. swear someone told me that. And we there's didn't the, even talk about the whole bourbon word being, well, whatever. Um, the, oh, there is another thing I learned during the show. So the Cardinal Gin, because mm-hmm. I'm drinking gin, not whiskey. Um, ex bourbon barrels, barrel rested, but it actually specifically is um placed uh in a newly charred American white oak barrel to rest. So it's like the exact same as bourbon, specific yeah. process to be an American whiskey, except it's gin. Yeah, they're and not normally... starting with just moonshine, they're starting with gin.
0: Yeah. And normally, resting is less than a year just so we're being out there same as as reposado right it's rested it's not aged and that means it's less than a year yep
1: well it's all you need it would ruin the gin aspect otherwise i think Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. i've i've had more i've had more than a year old gin from a barrel
1: rested in a barrel that long yeah oh dude it It didn't lose all the herbals
0: I not think so. I mean, it, it 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 mutes them down for sure. Cuts the anyway. tops off. But yeah. Anyway, <laughs> right. So, uh, fun. Same nice. wood. <laughs> Ishkabacha, Ishkabacha. Or water of life. So the the word whiskey is Ishka whiskey. Uh, you can kind of hear it. Look, we're talking about a thousand years of language changing. <laughs> um, but if you look up uh, sort of the, the uh, etymology for the word whiskey, uh, it goes back to Gaelic or old Irish. For... Oh,
1: and the Iskabaha is a translation of
0: aqua vitae. So I... it's weird. I found that both in parallel and separate.
1: Okay. and, I, and That I... makes sense to me. Because it, it's a different thing, but then they were naming it, and then it evolved into whiskey, and so being that, a new that's word.
0: A, one thing that gets me is, and I and I I wouldn't doubt being that uh, aquavit, which is mm-hmm. a type of liquor, mm-hmm. coming. I mean, right off of aquavit. Mm-hmm. So, but aquavit is its own. That's its own thing. Like, that's a, I just remember that's when I was three. Yeah, researching like aquavit. something
1: about King James, uh, having a real big. Uh <laughs> excitement. What, what big whiskey. thing
0: did King James have?
1: He was excited about he whiskey. He had a huge Bible. <laughs> in the in the he reading of like the this. passing of the laws and the <laughs> and the names and the that's where I saw that Gaelic thing come up and that it was related to Aquavitae because when they passed the laws, he was using Aqua mm-hmm. You know, like the Fru Fru well, Regal people do. Right, they're using the Latin. Like Latin. Usually.
0: But what I think would make sense, uh, Aquavite, Aquavite yeah. Um going from central, mid, going from the main, mainland European continent over to uh, Ireland and Scotland, it would make sense that even though they're distilling something different, getting that distilling tradition from there, imported to their countries, that they would somewhat keep the word. Mm-hmm. But then have their own style. So the, going from Rockabye to that, I think I think that that change, but also that consistency makes sense. I love that analogy. I do too. I wish I didn't sometimes, which is weird. Uh, but, it's such a
1: good. rabbit hole bait, right? right? Like always. Like, 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 oh, where did oh, that did come you know from? It came
0: from that, I'm like, no, I didn't. I didn't.
1: So I, I, I feel I like I always now? have a handful of notes in my iPhone that are just like. Look up the origin of this word because it occurs to me. Yeah. Somewhere when I'm doing something. So uh, I was really shocked about the other thing you learned.
0: Oh, yes. So I and I and I this is one thing that got me excited about the episode, because I I didn't know categorically that whiskey had the specific requirement to be whiskey versus vodka, let's say, or versus tequila, that it's mash, what it's made of, had to be a grain. So you can't have potato whiskey. You can't have grape whiskey. You can't have uh, 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 agave whiskey because <laughs> that would that would be tequila. That would be tequila. grain and is one. vodka you can make for anything. Yeah, you know, as we established. But but, like, <laughs> but we talked about when we did vodka. Um, yeah. I was super excited about like, not but I wanted to share that there was a tradition in Russia of aging vodka. Yeah. Storichya is an aged barrel aged vodka and it, but it tastes distinctly different from whiskey and grain is what makes whiskey whiskey.
1: I was really Um, surprised you didn't know that because that's for me, I know so much less than you about all of this all the time. Like you're the expert, but like grain and whiskey are so like to me hand in hand, like, because, well, I also have been living in an area for 20 years where like you will hear arguments at the bar about, mash and superior mash well and i've toured you know i they probably explained that when i was at southern distilling like this is what it has to be and this is the percentage we use of corn and yeah
0: it's the weird thing is i knew that like i know the percentage for rye and the percentage for bourbon and but it's got to be we'll list off what it has to be but i just never put in my brain oh those are all grains it has to be grain i just and i never had anyone say to my face hey it's
1: grain like,
0: I just, it was just right. Yeah. I just it just didn't like, cross those streams in
1: a way. Yeah. I also I, know people that like grow the stuff and provide it. And I know people that grow too. Well, then why aren't they right. letting it be turned into whiskey? Oh, they're growing something else. Wait, could
0: you make, could you ferment that? <sighs> That's an episode we have. We, we talked go about to that se- in pre show.
1: We're, we're going to Seattle. <laughs> No, we've got legally producible, drinkable cannabis but that was not alcoholic. booze here now. It's not I alcoholic. Right. I'm, I'm curious oh, if you could yeah. ferment that. I'm sure you can. It's
0: a, I mean, honestly, <laughs> I'm thinking about it like, it would probably taste like bong water and
1: I probably wouldn't like it. <laughs> That's exactly Yeah, the thought I had about I wonder what the nose is on this stuff. Um, Terrible. But uh, I have a daughter that Weird. Rose oh. medical oh. plants in uh, Oregon. And uh, I can ask her if she knows anything about that. So yeah. that's
0: another it, And the, Yeah, that, that is another. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You're right. I will I'll, I'll, I will not jump off of it's that. It's not a grain. To talk more. It's not. <laughs> it's, it's a fleur. Okay. It's a seed. Anyway. The cocktail for this week. So I have... Two standards. Anytime I go to a bar, and I and I want to know if the bartender at least knows their way around whiskey, if not a cocktail. Uh, it's either a Manhattan or an Old Fashioned, uh, and both are good. Both are respectable. I like both. Uh, but you sent me cherries. It's our So Last episode, I think I opened that box and I tasted one, uh, and they're these wonderful infused cherries get a little bit of a root beer note to them. Uh, so in thinking about like which which cocktail would I want to make this in. Wait, I thought the it was the, the bitters shell.
1: that had the root beer note. You just said it was the cherries. Which I got confused about last week. I thought you were saying the cherries had a root beer note, and I'm like, I don't know what would have caused that. And you were like, no, no, the bitters. Oh, right. You are right. I'm sorry. Okay. You know, the cherries, Let's go back. What is this week's
0: featured cocktail? Is it Manhattan? I went with Manhattan because I because uh, there's orange in the, um, the old-fashioned, and I would... I don't like to completely destroy by muddling a cherry in an old fashioned. You still, I still press it and you kind of lose the shape and kind of, so if I were to make a cocktail out of one of these two and still highlight the cherry, I would do it in Manhattan because I would skewer it. It'd be more prominent in the cocktail. So out of respect of your garnish.
1: Oh, thank you. And I agree. It's a really good way to, uh, get a baseline for a new place. Uh, asking for it and seeing if they have any follow up questions and then watching them and
0: teach you a lot. And it was, it was one of my early transformative cocktails and just in the history of of me drinking as a, as a person, I was in New Jersey (laughs) of all places. Uh, And I'd already been bartending for a while, but I was at a bar and it was, they had some weird like grain or grass infused, whiskey so like they took something and they aged it behind the bar and I was like that sounds terrible I'll try it because <laughs> because I, I want to see is it good is it interesting and I had like two of them and all of a sudden I was the most popular person around in my opinion and I'm like and that it sounds was, like the
1: bad I had in Manhattan in October but delicious
0: and I, and I, I've been to like some of those some of the famous hotel bars in Manhattan too and and they're good But it's certainly, it piques my interest when you can take something strange or odd or odd ingredients, throw it into a Manhattan, and it's the most drinkable thing I've ever had. Um, So that's what I really like about Manhattans. Now, saying that, as I've been talking about the cocktail, not actually talking about what it is, uh, there are different versions of a Manhattan. If you go anywhere now, generally, you're going to get a sweet Manhattan, meaning it uses sweet vermouth versus dry vermouth. A dry, for man- dry Manhattan would use dry vermouth. And a perfect Manhattan uses equal ratios but less of each. So instead of using three quarters of an ounce or an ounce of vermouth, you'd use half and half or just a little bit less. Um, I used to make perfect Manhattans for my guests all the time because... I was being mostly just being kind of flirty and being my, my effervescent self and going like, well, oh, I'd like a Manhattan. Like, great. What kind of Manhattan would you like? They're like, I don't know. Like I'll make a perfect one because you're perfect too. Ha ha. Ha ha. Yeah. Perfect right sounds
1: really good, but there is a Nod. preference involved. I was started for making sure. Manhattans when I was like nine uh, for my family and I liked them sweet and my mom liked them dry and my mm. grandma liked them perfect. And so I got to try all three at nine and my preference became perfect. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And, and and really honestly, if you have a really good vermouth, a perfect Manhattan can be great. Uh, that's another episode too. But you got to take care and refrigerate your vermouths, and you, you don't buy the cheapest vermouth. If you go to a store and they only have one or two vermouths, don't buy vermouth from there. It's probably not good. And you know what? I don't even say probably. It's not good. It's not good. If it has that old timey label with the scrawl on the sides, it's it's BS. Um. That aside, uh, also oh two notes. If you're making a dry vermouth, or sorry, dry Manhattan, using a dry vermouth, that is that is when you would use a lemon peel as a garnish, or lemon twist. Uh, otherwise, you generally would use a cherry. Fun fact. So, feature cocktail a sweet Manhattan, which is what I would lean anyone towards if you're going to have have Manhattan for the first time, or if I were making one for you and you gave me no other instruction, I would be making a sweet Manhattan, which is. Two ounces of bourbon. You can use rye, but generally it's bourbon. Three quarters of an ounce or an ounce, to an ounce of sweet vermouth. I would portion that out depending on what your bourbon tastes like. And you can shift that towards what you're going for. Then two dashes of Angostura bitters. I've seen recipes that say one. To me, that's too little. You're not going to get enough flavor in there because the bitters have a lot of spices that complement your bourbon or even your rye, but generally your bourbon. You would put that into a mixing vessel with ice. Stir it. Do not shake it. If I get a cloudy Manhattan, I will slap a bitch. Um, <laughs> it's it's. Don't shake your Manhattan. It should not be aerated. Aerating it not only does it not add any flavor for you, it makes a cloudy drink when it should not be cloudy. It should be clear when you pour it with an amber hue. <sighs> mm, okay. And there's there's stories there. That's in that in that side, there's stories there. You stir it, you strain it, you serve it up, which means no ice in a cocktail glass, and garnish with a cherry. A lot of people don't throw a skewer on their cherry. They'll just kind of plop it in the drink. I like a skewer personally, because I can eat the cherry faster. <laughs> and <laughs> and, it, and I and I and I, and I respect people that don't because it's a then it's a race to get to the bottom so you can get the cherry. Uh, but also an infused cherry. Uh, you don't need a nuclear cherry. Those are good for sours in general. When you have a green drink, a bright red cherry is great. When you have an amber drink, a cherry that's just darker than that, I think sits in there and complements even just the look of the cocktail better. And then it is also matches the flavor better when you're done. And that is a Sweet Manhattan. It's lovely. Ta-da!
1: What kind of glass would you put that
0: in? Oh, sorry, I said cocktail glass, a martini glass. So the the triangle on a stem, um, that is very hard to carry when it's full. It also shouldn't be full. Uh, If you have a right size martini glass, by the way, you're doing two ounces, basically two ounce, one ounce dash, and then stir and and strain. It should still be roughly a finger width from the top. Uh, Stemless
1: martini glasses. Did I say stemless? It's on my wish list. No, I'm just saying. Oh, okay because they are the right shape and I understand why and it's mm-hmm. lovely but oh any glasses with stems I am I'm, I'm a little top heavy I have problems <laughs> they're even easier to tip over and break when I'm reaching for something um so uh, and and putting in the cupboard I don't have space to like hang them all by their mm. stems I am not a fan of stemmed glasses uh the the wine that is ruined, keyboard stemmed glasses are the bane. I, of my and existence. you say that and
0: I, I literally have like next to my other recording area. I'm in a booth this week, by the way, because I was getting I a sound that. that I didn't like you fancy uh, in our other recordings. But just outside of my booth, I actually have two separate hanging shelves of glass racks. <laughs> just for my glasses. All right. Yeah, I, I just, need this. Just renovation. for my glasses that are in here.
1: Yeah, there's a house renovation that's gonna happen. Um I will say and no, I won't. We'll leave it. Okay. I don't want to ruin your drink. You're right. Everything about the drink of the week is the right way.
0: Oh well, thank you. It's it's my favorite way. Uh, it's it's one of those things that Manhattan's, along with the Old Fashions, have a rainbow of variations. Amateurs
1: um, can <laughs> have them on the rocks.
0: <laughs> well, you know, honestly, that's that's a that's a a, a four legs and three legs thing. Um, amateurs and any any person that looks basically has silver hair and wrinkles that I could like stick my fingers in, uh, and <laughs> their face. Let me clarify there, as opposed to <laughs> just these, right? As opposed to just a, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, now if, if if someone like hobbles into the cane into my bar and goes, one of Manhattan on the rocks, heard, I'm not, I'm not messing with them, I'm not asking. I'm just doing at that point because like, no, you've been drinking long enough. You know what you like. And a lot of times it's because they don't want to stem because their hands are a bit shaky um, for either because of the DTs or because of the age or both. <laughs> it. I'm not I'm not going. Dude. <laughs> hey, man, <laughs> I've seen some things. Uh, I'm not I'm not going to mess with them. I'm not going to I'm not going to question, you know, as long as they don't seem inebriated. Um, no, obviously, that's what they like and i would do that even with our 25 dollar manhattan sure you got it I, if that's how, if that's how you like it great a younger person i might question just be like are you sure you want it that way cuz this is a strong drink it's it's, all, it's gonna not it's going you're not getting the most out
1: t- of it flavor wise but right. if they like the flavor right but they i don't know want to drink it i don't know it, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> Heard, it is a lot.
0: All right, are we ready?
1: Sure. Are we done, are we done Please check. I think we're good. We we covered this well. Um, I, I wish I had seen you making the drink. I'm looking forward to that video like the, video of the cherries I made. Um. But folks out there, please chime in by emailing us at tippletheory.com. We would love to hear from you. And don't forget to like, follow, and review us on the listening platform of your choice. Next episode, we're going to be talking about rum.
0: Ryan, please check out our patreon.com slash temple theory today where you can become a supporter and get access to our video of our cocktail of the week being made and other goodies thank you to scott guesser for writing the theme music you're listening to right now you can find him and links to his music at scott the timing on
1: that